Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Yo, welcome to the podcast. This is Father Nathan. Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, Father Mike. Yo, yo. Uh, this is Catholic Stuff. We're in round two of only the fourth time we've ever podcasted together. Is that right? You're counting. Well, I think I think we recorded two last year, just the two of us. Okay. Will Smith style. Yeah. Hundred one Dalmatians we, on the C D ROM C D uh trying to forget I know on my PC with that C D go, but yo. You know that song? Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. I don't just know all the, the lyrics. Two of us. Father Nathan you is an in- incredible mind for lyrics. Yeah. He remembers everything. Oh wow. Some things. Over. Some things. Not scripture verses, not periodic tables, but early 90s songs or late. That's a periodic tables. Who needs to know that? I needed to know it the other day. I was watching Jeopardy and they and if I would have known like what the sixth element was, I'd have been like in like Flynn, but I blew it. Whatever. Like Flynn. What? Where does that expression come from? Um. I've Must. heard it, but I don't know. Flynn. I, I thought it was in like Flint. Uh, or is it the dude Flynn? Like I, the Irish guy. Flynn's like at a locksmith and he gets in. Oh. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um sorry. Curiosity. Interestingly enough, uh we you know, we're still trying to settle this question of music rights, but like, can I sing the song and we won't get fined? I mean you can't you can't like well, what yeah. about the like the, the intro stuff? You'd have to do the yeah. ba- banjo parts, and I can do like the bass or the. Well, that's different. Yeah, we're gonna get sued by Bell Fleck, but I mean the the Will you know Smith Will Smith. Stuff. You know, you might need a little extra coin I for think his Scientology. Can, I think you can sing it. You got all these YouTubes that are like covers and stuff. Yeah, that's true. I think right. Yep. I don't know. So, in like not, Flynn, I don't know. I would love to find that out. I'm reaching for these. Sour Patch Kids. Good. Yeah. Actually, the, the Sour Patch Kids shout out is coming at the very end. We went to the Bourne movie and there was this big bag of Sour Patch Kids. That was delightful. Yep. I I would say that in terms of my conscience, uh, I John Father John will admit I am a rule follower. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't like breaking rules. I would say that about you, yeah. And uh, But that rule, I think, is ridiculous. Bringing, um, bringing food in them. Yes. Because I will... Uh, this is how I assuage my conscience. I buy a soda from them. Mm-hmm. That is $6. Yeah. I know how much it costs for them to fill that. Do you know approximately how much it costs to fill a soda at like a gas station, whatever? Probably 32 cents. Yeah, it's a, it's around like 15 cents for the cup and for... Th- the actual soda is like, you know five cents Mm -hmm. so i don't feel bad about that i've given them not only the ticket money which they don't make a whole lot of money on but but i will bring in i will bring in snacks and the other day i went to go see uh the innocents with uh father lejoie and father brady wagner and i went into the right aid which is right next to the chez artiste and i couldn't believe it i've been talking about this for months you know one thing you never see at movie store concession stands anymore? Snow caps. Oh, yeah. That was kind of a staple, wasn't oh, it? Oh, man. Those things are perfect. 
you can suck on each one of them and it has a different flavor like depending on which side you put in your mouth i don't even know what that is it's like i thought it was like a chocolate drop with yes kind of like candy yeah snowflakes yeah they're like candy uh what are they called well why is it different like flavors because if you if you Take on the, it's like putting a host on your tongue or something like that. If you put your, the chocolate side down, you're going to get chocolate and then the, the super sweet at the end of the, the sugar, or what you can of, flip it. What and, kind of hosts are you using over there? I, <laughs> I just, of our that's just chocolate covered side. That's right. Pastors can make, you know, adjustments. We I did guess. actually change the host. A lot of folks didn't notice this and they know now, but, uh, I did, I did change the, the type of host that we use. Oh, they say don't make any changes after you know before the first year's over, and I was like, there are so many particles left over after these hosts, and then I found this is total pasture land. Okay, yeah. I'm researching. It sounds like a good change. Though. I'm researching uh, white, sealed edged, seven eighth hosts online. Oh yeah, and I'm like, yeah, I'm, uh, this is my life. <laughs> you can't get that at Walmart. Can't get that at Walmart. You gotta, you gotta go with the sisters of Walburga. That's what I do. Oh, yeah, nice. I do not want to to go away from our distributor being the. That's the, exactly it. I was thinking this is distributivist. Exactly. So, anyways, the snowcap has these white. What are they called? They have a special name. Um, they're like pixels or something. And that probably um, have pixels. Yeah, whatever. I, well, Man, I, I as was, an as a member as a member of the obese community, I want to apologize that I don't know what these are called. You don't know the name. Yeah. Anyways, Maybe so you'll, I you'll I snuck remember. those suckers in, and uh, I didn't feel bad about it because I bought a hot dog and a soda from them. Now, does it matter that we're paying? I think a, a pretty good price to see that film. No. And it's Mm-mm. in a, the little theater. You know, if you were paying for the IMAX, they have to use special film. Yes. They got to put a lot of speakers in yeah. and everything. But none of the, none of the ticket money, none of the ticket money normally goes back to these people. Um, all right, it's all the soda. Forgot to start the stopwatch. John's oh. gonna have a conniption. Yeah, sorry. Podcast. Oh, man, I am going crazy. That's I about six minutes. I can't remember what these white little things are called. Well, don't let it bother you that much. It's gonna. Anyways, uh, I can look it up if you want. Yeah, so yeah, I assistant. snuck in. I snuck in a huge bag of of uh, Sour Patch Kids when we went to go see Born. Oh, it was good. It was good. Action packed film. Oh man, the reason why I like Born Identity, the the Born Identity film series, we were talking about this. Mm-hmm. It is it is basic storyline, easy to follow for the most part, mm-hmm. and. No, like, gratuitous, like, lovemaking. Yeah. I can't stand that stuff. Yeah. It's just like, dude, like, could he just be, like, a total assassin, cool guy, military op, whatever? He doesn't have to get every girl. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's well, I, Bond. I agree, because it's like, yeah, that's the Bond thing. But there's something, like, more, um, I don't know, just, like, hardcore about the dude who's got his mind set on, like, making up for his past and, mm-hmm. like, getting out of the situation or the problem or whatever. It's just that intensity that's just kind of strange when it's broken by this romances on the side. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, in Troy and in Sparta, 
you don't, in order to be completely on edge, you refrain from relations, okay? Mm-hmm. Same with the, I mean, to go back to the last podcast, same with the Jewish priesthood. You yeah. would refrain. And Jewish, Jewish war. Right. They would, you know. It's like an intensity, ready for battle. Exactly. So this guy, gee, Manetli. Anywho, I cannot. Oh, they're like pa- pastels. It's like on the tip of my tongue. Pastiche. The snow cap is on the tip of my tongue. I'm sorry. I really don't know the word. Folks, you'll have I'm to write help. in and let me know whether or not you think that I am totally incoherent with my, with my food and drink policy at Andy, movies. They're not even sold anymore. They're not sold. People they're... got so confused with that word. What is this, they say. Exactly. But that is, that is the perfect compliment. Oh, yeah. Anywho, um, yeah, we're gonna do a little. We're gonna do a little shout out to the uh, to the. What are those called? Bad babies, naughty babies, naughty. What are you talking about? What sour, are those? The sour, sour patch, patch kids. kids. Some girl uh, wrote into me that in French they are called misbehaved kids or something like that. Oh yeah, like bad children. Uh, I don't know because they're sour. Right. Mm-hmm. Anywho. Um, all right. Uh, sufficient banter. Uh, I think all systems go. We are moving into the topic. Right on. That was, yeah, go. What? I know it's, it's abrupt. How are, how else are you supposed to do it? Well, John and Mike have these. You're supposed to like set up some elaborate scheme so that you just. You know what? That fits perfectly into my podcast topic. It doesn't. We're just, we're just easing the tension, baby. Just easing the tension. I don't mind. I'm kind of awkward, so I don't mind awkward. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. Awkward silence. This is this is this is my Sorry, life. Sorry, I'm not trying life. to play on you. Um. Well, I'm trying to think. I'm thinking. I'm trying to think of how to you know like segue into this, but uh, all I'm thinking of is those. Guys, You're not even going to be able to present tonight. Those guys in, what are they called? You're thinking about these little candies. Spandex. Oh. Spandex, listening to 90s music, segueing through Rome. Oh, man, those segues. I'm, I'm serious. That's all I'm thinking about is this white. I know. Like I someone out there is just you, you, screaming it into, the, into their <laughs> car radio. Yeah. Like I channel you. I summon you right now. Give me that word. Ah, still no. Still no. Nope. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry this is I, I have a fixation flakes flex it's done I can't think of Sugar, it right now grains this is my podcast topic folks okay um all right so today I uh Father Chris Lebsock came and can celebrated uh my mass at uh St. Joan of Arc it hey, was hey, great Father Chris Lebsock it was great to see you in Denver it was miss you brother that guy is a like pulsating sack of testosterone. Like every time I'm around him, I'm just like, you were just exuding man. <laughs> so it's true. So then I said to Chris, I was like, hey, would you like to preach? And you know, Chris does that thing where he's like, ah, 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 <laughs> and he's groaning from within. And I can tell that he doesn't want to do it, and that's fine. You know, I just think it's a common courtesy to you know give the pulpit over. Yeah, you know? that's nice. And, and people like to mix it up. Yeah. So, um, so then I preached and then I tell the people, I'm like, uh, we arm wrestled in the sacristy, uh, to see who had preached and I won and nobody laughed. Oh, I would laugh. This guy is a bodybuilder. Yeah. He like, he's Mr. Clean. D1 football. This guy's huge. Yeah. D3 football. But you know, anyways, 
I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Now they, now they know. Uh, maybe it's D2. I don't know. But he's 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 a man. Okay. Yeah. Um, Big dude. So as I was preaching today, I I'm I, I hope people understand this. Like in terms of daily mass homilies, my philosophy is grip it and rip it. Okay. I'm not. I'm. I don't have time to go through the readings every single day, find, you know, certain things. But, like, I listen attentively to the readings. Yeah. Like, sometimes, like, uh, to the point where I am, like, please, God, give me a point, because if not, like, I have no idea what I'm going to preach on. Yeah. And he always shows up, you know, nice. But there was a point in my homily today where I realized that I'm kind of self-reflecting uh, as I'm talking to them. And I'm thinking, what is the name of that white thing on the top of a snowcap? <laughs> you just stop. Come on, man. <sighs> You're not going to get anywhere with this thing tonight. I'm not. Okay, and the stopwatch is going. I feel I, I'm just scared. Okay. Uh, people sidetracked. So anyways, um, no, I'm thinking I'm to myself. i look this up. This is going to bother me. Just leave it alone. Uh, it's like one of those huge pimples on your face that's like throbbing, but all you want to do is like push it, you know? Can't do it. Uh, people are puking in their underwear right now. Um, this is what happens when you get two of the, you know, junior JV squad together. Um, oh, speak for yourself. I'm thinking to myself as I'm preaching to them that it is really hard as uh, as a speaker to um, not seem like I'm just judging everyone and saying, all of you are doing all of these horrible things. Mm. Um, without it just become, like devolving into we and us. Mm. But like, I'm, I'm, I really have a, uh, a difficulty challenging persons to say, you know, think about this in your own life. Yeah. Without constantly having to say, think about this in your own life. And it got me thinking about, I think there is... A grace within the office of of teaching and preaching, where one is able to convince a hearer to examine one's own life without telling them, "You need to, you need to change your life. Mm. You need to, you know." Yeah, I mean, you can be. I, I can be praying through the mass or scripture or reading a a book or I don't know, just like walking through life, and something convicts you. Mm-hmm. And I think it it works somehow that way where you can just be you can just be preaching. You're just talking about something, you mm-hmm. know, and and then something jumps out at someone personally, mm-hmm. and you always have different people come up to you after mass and say, "Oh, that really <coughs> spoke to me." Well, you don't know how to do that. You're not trying to speak to them, and um, it's not necessarily like you got to harangue everybody or point out mm-hmm. critiques or something. But there is like. There's some, I, I see what you're saying. There's something to that. Now, one thing that I did early on when I was preaching was that because I was self-conscious about this, like I didn't want to be like hard on people and critical and everything, I would tell stories about myself. That's what I'd I do. Say, this is this happens to me all the time. That is what I do. And I try to relate it to them that yes. way so that it, I'm not trying to say I'm judging all of, all of you. But then somebody came up to me eventually and said, you talk about By yourself, yourself all, all the, the time. Yeah, it's me. And I was like, I don't <sighs> mean to do that. I'm doing that because I don't want to like, be harsh yeah. or something. Yeah. If, uh, D- <clears throat> Daniel Eusterman, who was my seminarian for the summer, he lived with me. 
um, he somebody asked him to describe the different preaching styles of the of the companions. And when it got to me, he said, self-effacing humor with pretty good theology. I'm like, yeah. thank you. Yeah, like, that's, I like, that's I like good, that. That's a good comment. You know, that's pretty much me on the podcast. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> um, I think it's interesting to have an audience that is having a communal experience of a single person proclaiming a message to them at the same time, not trying to get them all to do the the same thing together. It's not like I'm kind of team building, mm. um, but rather I'm like, look into your own heart. Look into your own heart and um, discern for yourself how this applies to you. I think it's fascinating to hear mm. Jesus, when he's confronted with these situations, to be like, let me tell you a parable, you know? And I think the parable is interesting because Jesus isn't like, you know, I was walking along the road the other day and I ran into this guy, Bartimaeus, you know? And instead he's like, there was a man with two sons and then they can enter into that. um, But uh, how can, what, what is the specific word that you would say that enables Christ to be able to preach in a way or to speak in a way that people um, are even centuries later are confronted with, I'm not, I'm not living this. Mm. One word. Well, I, I, I it was already a spoiled, spoiler alert. Spoil. Oh, you know what is it? Well, autoritas. Yeah. Oh, dang, dang it. Yeah, that's you already I, said it. I thought you were gonna say the word to the snowcap. I tried. I haven't looked it up yet. Literally. 95% of the monkeys in my head right now are searching I, frantically I can't, I can't for that word. And 5% of the monkeys are trying to keep this ship afloat. So anyways. Well, should we ask our buddy? <clears throat> no, no, no. We're good. We're good. Okay. Octoritas. Yes. Authority. Octoritas. Authority. Yeah. Christ had authority. Um, it's interesting because in the Greek, it, doesn't it say that he had power and authority? Mm. Um, he came. He, yeah. he came preaching with in power and authority. Yeah. Um, but I was reading the other day this fantastic book. I'm I am eventually another podcast that I promise and fail to deliver on. Uh Signs by Jean Vanier. You know Jean Vanier? I do. Yeah. Uh founder of the Larsh community. Um Canadian Catholic philosopher and humanitarian. Uh a fantastic writer. And uh he wrote this book from Brokenness to Community if you're looking for a good short read. Um and uh, he wrote this book, Signs, and within the book, Signs, he, uh, he talks about authority in there, um, and he, he contrasts it with power. And you've probably heard this before, and maybe we've even talked about it before, but the difference between power and authority. Mm. I think of power... Well, I don't... I mean, it's been a while if I have. Okay. Um, I would say <clears throat> power is uh, because I told you so. You know, it's... I have... I have power to tell you um you know this is the way it's going to be you're in a position you're in a position of um you're in a subordinate yes you have to do Mm -hmm. because i said so okay yeah because i said so you know scripsio scripsies what i have written i have written and people are given power so at work a manager is given power to make decisions you have to follow them to be helpful yeah doesn't matter what you think doesn't matter if you're convinced by it, you're going to follow because it's for the good of the company. Yeah, and even even Jesus, Jesus has ultimate power. 
I mean, he is God, uh, so he is omnipotent, all-powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, But somehow he, he, he has authority, and the authority is related really to the Father, um, who is the author of all. He's the arche, mm-hmm. he's the source, fount, um, origin, all of that, you know, and the original authorship of everything, the original authority of everything comes from the Father, and Jesus has received that authority from the Father. Mm. Um, so uh, when, he, when he preaches, when he teaches, he does so from a position of authority, but without constantly having to self-reference, you know, um, I'm the second person of the Trinity. Right. I'm the, I'm the Son of God. Yeah. Um, I am uh, without sin. So there are ways in which he does that. We sometimes resort to power um, because we are actually afraid. I mean, I know that I've done that, you know, even in the few short weeks at, at, um, at, you know, in my newfound position, it's just like, well, cause I'm, I'm the last. Yeah. The buck stops here. Exactly. Yeah. And that's just not, that's not the way to live out. So now something that comes to mind is just uh, the word conviction. So, it's like um, if you say something that just makes sense is true, it has a power in its on its own it, because we're we're made for the truth. We're looking for truth, and if I hear something that is profoundly true, it's going to attract me. It's going mm-hmm. to draw me. It's going to command my attention. Mm-hmm. It's going to ask something of me, like an assent, and. Um, it seems like there's something to that as well. Power is a little bit more arbitrary somehow, where authority seems to be um, speaking a truth that compels people of its own, you know, mm-hmm. just by its own truth. It's a way of moving people uh, to action instead of telling them you will move. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Um, it respects the freedom that another person has mm. uh, while at the same time uh, eliciting from them a desire and attraction to uh, to do what what you said, you know, to do yeah. what you're proposing. Right. Um, that makes sense to me. I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is what he says. Uh, this is in his book, Signs. Quote, this leads me to make the distinction between power and authority. Power imposes. It is the capacity to influence and modify the other through bypassing or crushing their conscience. Hmm. Authority is linked to growth, a type of power that can help people develop their own sense of responsibility, their creativity, their personal conscience, and their freedom. The Good Shepherd uh, is called to attract and to lead each person towards the light of truth. The The Shepherd is able to sacrifice his or her own interests, time, and even life to this goal of helping the other grow in maturity and inner freedom. Mm. And so Christ has come to bring us life and life to the full, but he's not going to do it because he said so. Yeah. But he is going to propose it and say, ultimately, this is, the, this is what you need to um, move your life towards, but I can't make you. Yeah. And he's never going to threaten our freedom that uh, allows us to actually mature 
by inviting us to actually kind of like make our own decisions, take our own steps towards mm-hmm. something rather than I'm get pulled along by the power of this right whatever force. That's why I think that's why I think the the critical line for that is um so power is bypassing or crushing another's conscience. Authority is linked to um developing helping others develop their own sense of responsibility and their personal conscience and their freedom. Mm-hmm. I can propose these things, but ultimately like uh it's it's up to you. Um the decision is yours. Yes. Do you remember that? No. That was uh, <laughs> I don't know what that is. The or the power is yours? The decision. Yeah, uh, I don't remember. That's uh Captain Planet. Oh yes. I do remember Captain Planet. Earth, fire, wind, water, heart, heart. Now, um yeah, I mean this is the this is the task of the good shepherd. You're supposed to be helping souls mature. And if it was just a matter of power, you'd be able to stand up there and say, "Don't do this anymore." Yes. Or you must do this. Mm-hmm. And then everybody would do it. So you wouldn't have to get up there every week and say, "Let's grow together. Let's grow together." Where is Jesus? What are we called to, you know? And uh yeah, it's not as simple as the power of someone to, you know, compel. We're always working with each other's freedom. And uh, as a teacher or as a pastor, you're guiding people, you're, you're pointing out the way, you're trying to be an example to them, you're calling them on, mm-hmm. but you can never, you know, force anybody. Right. I think, I think that actually was, that came out really well in the Mutual Help podcast mm. uh, from a few weeks ago, yeah. which is one can propose for another, like this desire uh, for wholeness or uh, whatever. But ultimately, they're going to have to move towards it. Yeah. Um, true freedom, in, even in community, comes from being able to say, ultimately, like you, you need to make, you, you, your conscience has to move you to see this as a good and orient your life towards this good, towards this truth towards this beauty. Yeah. Um, and you're awakening people's consciences and the formation of their conscience isn't just, um, you know, because I said so, or because the church said so, you know, Dr. Christian Brueger, I just remember him pounding on the wall, you know, (laughs) the church doesn't teach things, uh, because they're, because they're true. The church te- or doesn't teach true things. The church just teaches because things are true. Yeah. And it's, it's trying to point towards, um, it's not just because the church said so. Like, uh, you know, I guess as Catholics, contraception is wrong because the church said so. No, it's because that's true. And the church teaches things that are in accord with our human dignity. And so the formation of our consciences is not just towards the church, but towards like a, a, a sincere desire to, um, uh, for for ultimate truth. Yeah, Father Brian preached this morning about um, his favorite Bible verse from First Corinthians. I forget what it is, but uh, something about we have the mind of Christ, and mm-hmm. um, he was pointing out, and I'd love to just thinking about this that Christians think differently than everyone else. Somehow, by the grace of baptism, we're given the ability to see things differently and to 
think about the whole of life differently, to approach the world differently. And the the priest, when he's preaching, is in is kind of given the uh, the task of speaking through that mind of Christ, speaking out the mind of Christ, so that that kind of calls people's own uh, graces of baptism, the spirit within them, to recognize hmm. where uh, seeing God in the world is and what, what sounds like God. What is this thinking with Christ and how do I differentiate that from thinking with the world? And I think there is a grace on preaching. I've felt that before, just like I don't know where I leave off and God begins, but there is a grace that's, um, that's given there where you can speak with the conviction of the Christian life and you speak with your own voice, with your own style and everything, but there is an authority that's given that sort of resonates with that mind of Christ in all of these Christians and um, calls them out of, you know, something that could be communicated in the movie or in on the radio show or at work or whatever. Something Christian is happening here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the spirit speaking within them. Mm. That's kind of the, the the inner sanctum of the conscience, where now all of a sudden it's not just, um, well, I guess I need to adopt the church's conscience and say, well, this is right and this is wrong. But rather, I can see that in my own self that the spirit within me rests in this mm-hmm. and resists the idea of this. That's a That's a good thing. And I've seen that before. And and for me, like, um, I hope my parishioners know, I hope my former parishioners know, I hope my companion brothers know, when I preach so many times, I'm actually just saying to myself, this is not just what I believe, you know, and I'm going to give you what I believe. It's like, this is what I feel like Christ has told me. Right. And and then there are times where, kind of like Mad Libs or whatever, like Christ is saying, fill this in, mm-hmm. you know, what... I didn't say everything, you know, like the last chapter of John. If everything that Jesus said, did, and taught, it would fill all the books of all the world and all the things. But, um, but like, you have, to, you have to fill in the blank. Like, what exactly would you do? Yeah. And it's not just like, well, there, there's a mathematical formula for all this. It's the Spirit. Yeah. It's the Spirit, you know. Your day, your time, your situation. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the Lord still speaks through that. Yeah. And for me, like, the greatest conviction isn't just like, I'm so convinced of this truth, but rather like, I've been, I've been moved by this. Mm-hmm. And, and this actually moves me inwardly and outwardly to say, I, 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 I don't do this. And what, what I think that um, uh, when, when, Christ's, when Christ preaches, when, I've, when the best preachers that I know have preached, um, it's out of authority. It's out of authority from, like, this come, This is, like, this is deep. Like, this isn't just like, oh, that was a really good turn of phrase, you know? Right, yeah. But, like... You read, it, you read that in the catechism yesterday or something. Yeah, right. Uh, but rather, like, that, that, that... We just put our finger on something that is, like, um, uh, a lot more profound mm. than just, like, somebody's homily prep. Um, and th- that's, like, where one, you know, it's, like, deep calling on deep, like, you know, God is calling out to the God 
in us, like him, his own self, mm. awakening like this flame, you know, within the hearts of the faithful that echoes back to him like a deeper ascent. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of just <clears throat> devolved into today. I was like, look, I, I just don't know how to tell you that you need to do this, but you need to do it. Um, yeah. And uh, instead, I think that perhaps the if the words themselves, you know, don't move them, what, what's going to make the difference if I tell them, you know, well, now you need to think about this in your own life. Right. Yeah. No, it's got to come from the auditory test. And I don't know. I mean, there, there's moments that feel like more anointed than others or something mm-hmm. like that. But mm-hmm. uh, I think it's pretty generally there. It's, there's something given with orders. There's something... You meet wise people, they have something of that, that same kind of profound voice, a prophetic voice, um, if they can speak out of experience, or especially sometimes when um, they have shared experience, and they can and they can actually say, "I've been through this," and then you know, here's something I want to warn you of, or here's a way out, or here's a yeah. Um, here's something a way to show gratitude for a good thing whatever you know i don't know where it is in the scriptures uh my guess is the new testament because it's jesus um but he says what you say of me does not come from yourselves it come uh what you say of me does not come from yourselves it is the spirit of my father speaking in you mm. uh, that's that's profound you know yeah. and i'm not saying that as a preacher um that that's always happening but when there is that anointed moment, um, even for a person's life, because there are sometimes the people are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you said that. I was like, that wasn't me. Like, and I'm not just trying to be humble. Like, I don't think that way. But right. somehow, like, the grace of that moment was to respond to, you know, that thought and say, yeah, that, that is true, you know? So it just doesn't come from the monkeys. It comes from the spirit of my father. That's true. Yeah. Last quote, he says, and this is from the chapter on encounter. I love this quote. He says, to love someone, to love someone is to reveal to that person their profound beauty, and so to help him or her reveal it to themselves. Hmm. To reveal to that person their profound beauty, and so help them reveal it to themselves. And Hmm. um, I, I think that the authority that Christ has isn't just convert your life, the, the power that Christ has is uh, a reminder of the, the profound beauty that is in us by creation and fashioned in us in the recreation in baptism. God loves in us what he himself has placed in us. He loves himself in us. And the more we draw closer to him in us, the more we're apt to grow in uh, appreciation and love for him. Mm. So it's not just loving in ourselves, like what is good, but like appreciating that this all comes from the author. Yeah. Even the fact that like we are created at all is a, is a wonderful gift. And the fact that I'm created with certain qualities that another person doesn't have, mm. and that other people have certain gifts that I don't have, like that is all related back to the authorship of God. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, well, I like. I mean, the thought that comes to mind is, in preaching, how often do I just recognize the God, God's life in the 
the people that I'm preaching to. And maybe it's easier when I'm encountering people one-on-one or day-to-day. Or I think of like parents with their children being able to recognize grace at work. You know, we say, the Lord be with you and with your spirit. What does it look like when the Lord is with your spirit? You know, walking together, calling out those graces. I think we have a responsibility as Christians to be able to say, hey, look, I see God doing this in your life. That's beautiful. Yeah. Or I see this that God has like brought to life from your personality, and it's, um, it's profound. And you know? you're responding to it. Mm-hmm. You're responding. You're responding to the beauty that God is is um, that has He's He's left in you. I mean, He's deposited something in you um, that now you're recovering or discovering for the first time and allowing to to come out. Mm. So, yeah. Cool. I mean, to me, it's like this is this podcast is kind of directed to any and all that are preaching uh, to people. But also, like, for people who are in the pews saying, um, is this guy just talking about himself or, you know, but then to really reflect it and say, I'm, uh, what is what is Christ saying to me, yeah. you know? Um, a friend of ours, and I won't say who on the air, um, he, used to, he used to get out a book at homilies because he's like, I'm pretty sure that this person isn't going to give me anything. Um, so I would rather listen to somebody that I can trust as opposed to this, this, this person. He oh, came yeah. from a diocese where there was like reading, less... Reading a book of some sort of spiritual author. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I, and I was like, that is sick. Yeah. <laughs> like you deny, you contracept the word of God um, because you say there is no possible way that anything good can come out of this. Yeah. Which is the spirit right. of Nathaniel, but whatever. No, it's the it's it's the environment. There's something ex opere operatum, you know, something that's happening that's God speaking that might transcend even a, a bad preacher or you know, kind of a I come to mass board or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. God can speak to us. Yeah, yeah. So don't do that either. I don't know. Folks, I couldn't remember. I, I, I could look Sorry. it up while Mike's talking. After all of these. Uh, but, uh, okay, to the shout-outs. Thanks for listening. Uh, here we go. Uh, dear Father, dear fathers, I want to thank you and the other priests of the podcast for the great work that you do. I fell away from God and the church for many years. One day, my brother recommended Catholic stuff to me, and I decided to listen. The words and teaching from you and the fathers have truly helped bring me back to the Lord. I am excited about learning more about my faith, and I'm also, I also relate with your appreciation of good bourbon, candy, and 80s references. Thank you again, and keep up the good work. And on the other side of the card, um, as a Protestant Catholic stuff, as a Protestant Catholic stuff has helped me correct misconceptions and gain a deeper appreciation of Catholic faith, I am a Catholic Christian University graduate uh, who became high church Anglican after a fellowship um, I came to the church as a charismatic, non-denominational Christian and have matured uh, uh, through listening to the podcast um, and appreciating the liturgy and uh, church history. And she just began RCIA. I'm hoping I'm, I'm, hoping I'm able to read this on the air. Uh, but this is uh, from Andrew and Brittany in Indianapolis, oh, uh, Indiana. They were the ones that brought the Sour Patch Kids. Yes. 
so, even a bonus. I, I'm more proud of the the uh, beautiful graces in your life, but I am also very grateful for your sourdough. That's right. Rejoicing. Nice. And then secondly, uh, to Father John, Father Nathan, Father Michael, and Father Mike, uh, uh, the podcast is amazing! Exclamation point. Thank you for all the hard work that goes into it, especially the bourbon and banter. Your podcast has blessed us abundantly with laughter, encouragement, and wise direction. Um, prayers for the continuation of the ministry, and thanks for being a, a joy and an inspiration. From Maria, Steph, uh, Paula, and Stephanie from oh gosh, Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. Nice. And um, they are the ones who brought the bourbon that we are drinking, Garrison Brothers Bourbon cool. uh, from Tejas. They also bought us glasses, but I left them at my house because I think they're super cool, and I kind of want to keep them for myself. Swiped them. I live in Rome. I can't take them down. Harumph, though. Harumph. So thank you. Yeah, and they ca- they actually came out. Uh, both these couples came out. Uh, all these people came out to the parish to deliver their hand deliver their gifts. And then all those girls were at the Gregory and Alan, Gregory Allen Ice Golf concert. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm jealous. Yep. Well, uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, Jill Duran. Mm-hmm. And, and Duran Duran. And I suppose her husband Steve, who's a cool guy, but was complaining because he has to hear our voices in the morning when he gets up and he just Ooh. wants coffee. And we're talking in his house. You should listen to it at a different time. But she was very sweet, and uh, she was uh, she does a lot of good work on uh, on the blogs, and um, I appreciate that. The blog is. But she was she was just loving it. She loves the show. She gets up early, listens to the show, and uh, where's she from? I think she even makes a coffee for ungrateful Steve. Is this your friends? Uh, these are Sycamore. Sycamore, Illinois. Illinois. Oh, yep. crazy! You met them at the wedding, right? Yeah, yeah. My buddy uh, Josh Evans from the last podcast is from Sycamore, Illinois. Everybody, cool. Elliot, what's up? I think he got a shout out on the last. One. I think he did too. So, yeah, sweet. Any others? That's all for me. Too. All right, folks. We are shutting it down. This is an evening episode of um, Catholic stuff. Uh, we are now winding down in the evening. It's Martini on the Rockies God bless at you 10.15. All. Happy birthday to Mary. This was yesterday, but... Mary who? I wanted to say Mary. Nativity? What, what oh, yeah. Birth, the, birth, the birth of Mary. The birth of Mary. Yeah. The birth I just love that. It's one of my favorite feasts, so... I gotta, I gotta mention it. Like us on Facebook. <laughs> oh, there it is. Ah, dang it. Did you find it? I would never have been able to think of this. Never. Snowcaps is a brand of candy consisting of small pieces of semi-sweet chocolate candy covered with white non-parels. Oh. How would I have known that? Non-parels. I don't... You, it was a P word you were looking for. That, yeah. But it's on the box. It's, it's, on the, it's on the box. Bring them back. Bring, a, bring back the snowcaps, people. I know everybody's just like, shut up. But you know what? Like, it's on the freaking box. What is a non-parel? They, maybe they made it up. Non-parel. <laughs> it does sound. I don't even know what that is. Folks, this was uh, an episode of Catholic Stuff. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you have a great day. No matter what you're doing, stay classy. San Diego. I didn't... Oh, yeah, I forgot this. Yeah. <laughs>
All right. This Catalina Y mixer is going down. To Chris Lebsock and all the Catholic stuff listeners, we love you. God bless you all.